Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customize paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration needed for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, Atlassian software is built to help keep you connected and moving together as one. After a big medical announcement, just as the president-elect's coronavirus advisor warns, America is headed for COVID hell. As the U.S. hits 10 million infections, Pfizer says its vaccine is more than 90% effective. Is this the game changer the world has been waiting for? And how soon will Americans be able to get it? Plus, president-elect Joe Biden with an urgent plea. Please, I implore you, wear a mask. Stock market surge. The vaccine breakthrough sends the Dow soaring as cases rise in every part of the country. Leading grocery store chains put new limits on how much toilet paper you can buy. Another White House outbreak? Was President Trump's election night party a super spreader event? That's the question tonight after his chief of staff, Dr. Ben Carson, and other top aides test positive for coronavirus. Not conceding. President Trump has his fourth straight day without public events as Republicans back his election legal battle. Pentagon purge. The president terminates Defense Secretary Mark Esper. What other members of the administration could be next? Tropical storm Ada. Dangerous flooding from more than a foot of rain in South Florida. Tonight, the storm's uncertain path. And could it strengthen to a hurricane before hitting Florida again? And what is an icon? Remembering TV legend Alex Trebek. We have hidden somewhere on the board a daily double. The man who made a game show, Appointment Television. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with a possible breakthrough in the development of a coronavirus vaccine. 
just as the country is entering a dangerous and deadly new phase of the pandemic. In a surprise announcement, the drug maker Pfizer said its vaccine is 90% effective and it could be ready for approval in weeks. Well, that sent the Dow soaring, closing up more than 800 points. It's a glimmer of hope tonight in what President-elect Biden is now calling a very dark winter ahead. One of his new advisors bluntly called it COVID hell. And as we come on the air, cases of the virus are growing at such an alarming and exponential rate. Tonight, the U.S. has topped 10 million infections. That is more than a million new cases since the end of October. And with the death toll rising again and cities like El Paso now storing bodies in trailers, tonight the president-elect is imploring Americans to wear masks. Today he said beating the virus will be his top priority and announced his own coronavirus task force. While Mr. Biden is focused on his transition to the White House, its current occupant spent the day on Twitter, arguing he had won the election. President Trump did interrupt a slew of false tweets alleging election fraud today, long enough to announce he had fired his defense secretary, Mark Esper. So you can see there's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents covering it all. CBS's Dr. John LaPook is going to lead us off tonight from New York. Good evening, John. Good evening, Nora. We've been eagerly awaiting this news from Pfizer. It came in a press release and we're still waiting for a formal detailed report. But the NIH's Anthony Fauci said late today he believes some people may be able to get the vaccine before the end of the year. As cases continue to surge, Pfizer's news is seen as a major boost in the fight against coronavirus. All the stars are starting to align very, very nicely. Again, you never want to get ahead of yourself, but this initial news from the company is extraordinarily encouraging. In the trial of 44,000 participants, half got two doses of the vaccine and half got a placebo. The analysis looked at 94 participants who came down with symptomatic COVID-19. Seven days after the second dose, the vaccine was more than 90% effective in preventing disease. We were jumping out of the chairs, screaming, we may put an end to this terrible pandemic. Pfizer's chief scientific officer, Dr. Michael Dolston. It feels to me as a physician scientist that this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest medical advance in the last 100 years. Pfizer says it could be ready to apply for FDA emergency use authorization in the third week of November. The U.S. government has paid Pfizer nearly $2 billion for 100 million doses. Even if the vaccine is authorized, most Americans won't have access to it until at least the spring of 2021. You're talking about efficacy if it holds that's on the level of, say, the childhood vaccines like measles. It is. They are also in this uh, 90% plus so this is extraordinary. We have accomplished this, you know, in eight months. And Dr. LaPook joins us now. So this almost sounds too good to be true, is it? Well, we hope it is true, but there are still some questions. First of all, if it is effective, how long will the protection last? And second of all, how do you roll out something like this to hundreds of millions of Americans, especially when the vaccine has to be kept at such a low temperature? And then finally, who gets it, the triage process? For people who are first-line responders and for people who are vulnerable, they may get it first. And then there's the question of people who say, there's no way I'm taking it. But as Dr. Fauci told me this afternoon, when you have a vaccine that's 90% effective during the middle of a deadly pandemic, that may change a few minds. Yeah, some real hope. Dr. John LaPook, thank you. 
More than a million new COVID cases were diagnosed in the U.S. in the last 10 days. Cases are rising in 47 states, and this week we could hit a record number of hospitalizations. CBS's Janet Chamblain reports on the nationwide surge tonight from the COVID hotspot of El Paso, Texas. The nation's top health officials warning tonight we could now be entering the darkest days of the pandemic. This is what it's come to in El Paso. Mobile morgues filled with a backlog of bodies. And it's not enough. There will be 10 of the trucks in the next few days. We're all a little bit overwhelmed. At the Purchase Funeral Home, Nina Macias showed us a room filled to capacity. How are these families coping when you talk to them? They're scared. Um, a lot of families that have had a loved one pass away from COVID, they're all worried that they may be next. El Paso County is one of the nation's COVID epicenters. More than 22,000 new cases in the last two weeks. Texas now surpassing a million coronavirus cases, the most in the nation. The number of infections in our state is growing at an alarming rate. Tonight, a state of emergency in Utah, a mask mandate until further notice. And inside hospitals there, a sobering reality. I can't tell you the number of times that we have put a breathing tube in a patient and that is the last time that they are ever able to speak to their family. As coronavirus ravages the nation, no state is seeing a sustained decline in new cases. And 27 have seen cases skyrocket at least 50%. Wisconsin's positivity rate is soaring. More than one out of every three tests coming back positive. The spread amid scenes like this. Fans rushing the field at Notre Dame after its win against Clemson. And the large gatherings after the election was called for Joe Biden. Philadelphia health officials now recommending anyone attending quarantine for 14 days. Tonight, some grocery stores are reimposing limits on key items like toilet paper and wipes. For those on the front line, it's soul crushing. Almost everybody here knows somebody from their family or a friend that's caught in it. So it's really hitting home here um, and it's scary. Tonight, El Paso is under both a lockdown and an overnight curfew. Behind me, an overflow center for curfew patients. The situation so dire here, the Air Force has sent in medical teams and visiting nurses from across the country are also here working overnight shifts. Nora. Janet Chamlian, thank you. President-elect Biden is making fighting coronavirus his first order of business. Today, he made a direct appeal to Americans to wear masks and warned of a very dark winter ahead while the vaccine approval process plays out. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. President-elect Joe Biden today urged every American to help yourself. stop the spread of coronavirus. It doesn't matter your party, your point of view. We can save tens of thousands of lives if everyone would just wear a mask for the next few months. Biden said the news on Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine is encouraging, but people must continue to social distance and wear masks. The head of the CDC warned this fall that for the foreseeable future, a mask remains the most potent weapon against the virus. Today's news does not change that urgent reality. Health experts are warning that another 100,000 Americans could die before Biden takes office on January 20th. But the vaccine won't be available to the American people, to a majority of the American people, until late into the spring. So we really do have to control things. And I think the, the, uh, Mr. Biden's plan uh, hits all of the major marks uh, pretty much right on. Biden has assembled his own coronavirus task force, which includes members of both the Obama and Bush administrations, plus Rick Bright 
a former Trump administration official who was removed after filing a whistleblower complaint that alleged the president had prioritized politics over science. Folks, the people of this nation have spoken. Though few Republicans have publicly congratulated Biden on his win, he has heard from several world leaders, including Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who called him this morning. Biden is expected to announce some top hires this week, including chief of staff and national security advisor. And his transition aides will soon begin to fill 4,000 federal jobs across the government. But that transition office is being blocked from doing its work by Trump appointee Emily Murphy, who leads the General Services Administration and won't grant Biden's team full access and funding until she ascertains a winner is clear based on the process laid out in the Constitution. Tonight, Biden aides remain frustrated by the president's refusal to concede, and they say that the lack of full sign-off from the GSA means they don't have full access to things like secure facilities or even the State Department to know what they should or shouldn't say on those calls from world leaders. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, Mark Esper has an ominous warning after President Trump fired him as defense secretary. Esper told the Military Times his replacement would be the president's, quote, yes man. And if that happens, he says, quote, God help us. This is the president spent the day out of public view and fighting to stay in office. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy. At the White House tonight, President Trump defiant, tweeting that he fired Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, saying tersely, Mark Esper has been terminated. During civil unrest this summer, Esper publicly disagreed with the president, who wanted to deploy active duty troops to U.S. cities. I do not support invoking the Insurrection Act. The president named Christopher Miller, the current director of the National Counterterrorism Center, acting secretary of defense. He arrived this afternoon, the fourth person to run the Pentagon in the past four years. Also tonight, President Trump making more unfounded allegations about election fraud. He plans to exhaust all legal options before even considering conceding. That word's not even in our vocabulary right now. The campaign has not offered any credible proof of fraud. Election-related lawsuits in Michigan, Georgia, and Nevada have already been dismissed for lacking evidence. But the president's team is still promising more legal action. Many Republican lawmakers are also insisting the election isn't over, urging President Trump to stay strong. President Trump is 100% within his rights to look into allegations of irregularities and weigh his legal options. Just four Republican senators have congratulated Joe Biden on becoming president-elect, including Susan Collins of Maine, who referred to it as his apparent victory. CBS News has learned the Trump campaign is keeping a list of GOP lawmakers who are not fully supportive of the president. And now another COVID outbreak at the White House. Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and at least four other staffers are infected, along with HUD Secretary Ben Carson and Trump campaign advisor David Bossie. All three were at the election night event inside the White House, where almost no one wore a mask. Now, sources tell CBS News that despite all the bluster about challenging the election results, that President Trump would likely eventually concede once he exhausts all of his legal options and if the numbers simply don't add up. But that could still take several more weeks. Nora. Ben Tracy, thank you. Political tensions are still running high in the battleground state of Arizona, where Joe Biden holds an edge of just over 15,000 votes at this hour. And some Trump supporters are angrily questioning the results. But tonight, CBS's Jamie Yukas hears from some young Republicans in the Grand Canyon state who see things differently. 
Many of President Trump's strongest supporters here in Arizona believe he should keep fighting the results of the election. But we found a group of Republicans here who say it's time for the president to concede. So you're willing to accept that it's President-elect Biden? I think it is important for him to concede at this point uh, and allow President-elect Bi President Biden to begin the transition. So I think it is important that we realize that we can't win every election. Arjun Ronla, Jeremiah Willett, Joe Pitts, and Cameron Decker are with the Arizona College Republicans. Three of them voted for President Trump. Decker voted for neither candidate. I know a, a few friends who right now are currently denying um, that uh, Trump lost the election. And they will probably um, like be like, I'll never talk to a Democrat again. But I do think that the, you know, will hopefully be rare. How do you feel with the outcome of the election? I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. We were supposed to lose the Senate. We were supposed to lose the House in a blue wave. And it never materialized. On the front page of the Arizona Republic, it says it's time to heal in America, which is something that President-elect Biden said. That's something we need in this time of discord. I'm going to disagree with him on a lot, and I'm ready to fight him on a lot of these issues that I think matter, like the right to life. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're not going to let him off the hook because he said a few nice things. I think he's got a lot, of, lot to prove, to me at least, um, that he's willing to do that. Um, so I'll wait and see. But I, but I am hopeful. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Phoenix. Tonight, Tropical Storm Ada is still dousing South Florida with heavy rain. Ada made landfall in the Florida Keys overnight before dropping nearly a foot and a half of rain in parts of Broward County. Many had to be rescued from flooded roads and neighborhoods. In Central America, at least 200 people are dead or missing in the aftermath of Ada. The Defense Department released this video of a U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopter crew rescuing a little girl in Honduras. Ada is expected to strengthen this week as it moves up Florida's Gulf Coast and it could make landfall again as a hurricane. Tonight, there's a nationwide recall of older Volvo models. It comes after an airbag exploded and a driver died. The recall is for 54,000 Volvo S60 and S80 sedans from the model years 2001 to 2003. Volvo will replace the faulty airbags. Today, McDonald's said it will test a plant-based burger on its menu. It will be called, what else, McPlant. If the test goes well, McDonald's could extend the line to include chicken substitutes and breakfast sandwiches. Now to this story, rock climber Emily Harrington has reached the peak of success, scaling Yosemite's treacherous El Capitan. Harrington is now the first woman to free climb the 3,000-foot Golden Gate route in less than a day. It took Harrington a little over 21 hours. At one point, she cut her head open on the cliff wall, but what? She kept going till she finished. She said, impossible dreams challenge us to rise above who we are to see if we can become better versions of ourselves. Amen, sister, and congratulations. For so many Americans, losing Alex Trebek is a bit like experiencing a death in the family. He had a rare talent for keeping us entertained and informed. Here's CBS's Jim Axelrod. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. From his first time hosting Jeopardy nearly 37 years ago, he was our model of civility, who made it okay, even rewarding, to think. What is the Elder Scrolls? How about omelet? What is destiny? But for the last few years of bitter disagreement in our country, he was a much-needed figure of consensus. Everyone loved Alex Trebek. I have some news. Which is why his announcement 20 months ago... I was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. 
devastated us all. This 80-year-old Canadian native turned American icon conducted a nightly seminar by being the man with all the questions and everyone felt welcome. I learned English because of you. Alex Trebek is survived by a wife and three kids and a family of nightly viewers measured in the millions that he grew even closer with after his diagnosis. For 35 years, I've enjoyed the success of the show, but I've never really thought about the impact the program was having on American viewers. And I've become part of their lives. Almost a year ago to the day, in the middle of his struggle, Alex Trebek was brought up short by a salute during a round of Final Jeopardy. What it is, we love you, Alex. That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. While technically incorrect, no contestant on Jeopardy ever got it more right. Jim Axelrod, CBS News. We watched it every night in my house growing up. We'll miss him. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the inspiring story of the first person with Down syndrome to finish an Ironman triathlon. Reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hey, everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with Jon Stewart wherever you get your podcasts. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.